0: Chris Lyons said, Jesus says, I love you just the way you are, and I love you too much to let you stay the way you are. John Lennon had a few interesting things to say. He said, Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. It's them twisting that ruins it for me. John Lennon also said, We're more popular, speaking of himself and the Beatles, we're more popular than Jesus Christ now. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Mikhail Gorbachev said Jesus was the first socialist, the first to seek a better life for mankind. Billy Graham, famous preacher, said the men who followed him were unique in their generation. They turned the world upside down because their hearts had been turned right side up. The world has never been the same. Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, said, Had the doctrines of Jesus been preached always as pure as they came from his lips, the whole civilized world would now have been Christian. Jay-Z, in his recent song about empire, uh, I I don't even know what the song is, but I read the quote from his song, and he said, Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church ends. Barack Obama recently said, I believe that there are many paths to the same place, and that is a belief that there is a higher power, a belief that we are connected as a people. But none of these things are as important as what the Word of God has to say about Jesus. Bible says in John 3 and verse 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I would like to look at just a few more scriptures before you're seated in Numbers 21 It will be up on the screen, beginning at verse 5. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. Our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived." And lastly, John chapter 12, and beginning at verse 32. Jesus himself said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This said he, signifying what death he should die. The people answered, We uh, have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever, and now sayest thou, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while, Is the light with you? Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of the light. These things spake Jesus and departed, and did hide himself from them. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, for the wonderful, awesome presence that we have already felt. God, your spirit is so rich and so full in this building today. And God, as we surrender ourselves wholly and completely, Lord, to your word, Lord, to obey and to follow after what you have for us, God, I pray that you would open our our ears and our hearts to respond, God, to what you are speaking to us today. And God, we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We live in a world today that tells us, lift yourself up, tear others down. The only way to get up, push others down. Society promotes those who have a rebellious image or a bad image, and I could show you uh, picture after picture, uh, video after video of our society promoting people uh, with rebellious images and and, uh, images that, that... People are promoting themselves, and uh, stars are promoting themselves as though they were God. Our nature tends to exalt itself above the needs and the feelings of other people. People like Jay-Z are our uh, role models now for teenagers, and people like Jay-Z believe in what he has on his shirt It says, do what thou wilt. Many of you might not know this, but that's also the first line in the Satanic Bible. This is one of our role models in America. Some of you that may like Jay-Z, you might be upset with me. But I want to tell you that Jay-Z is not who I want my kids to be like. Jay-Z is not who I want the kids that come to this church to model themselves after. I could go on and on, but I, I, I will tell you that our society is into self-promotion. Do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. If it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. If you're in a marriage that doesn't make you happy, get out of it. If you're uh, uh, doing something that you know everybody says that you should do, but it's not making you happy, if you don't want to do it, you stop doing it. That's what our society is promoting. And our nature is to do that. Our nature feeds on that. That's why we are carnal. That's why we are selfish. And that's why we are all, at some point, self-centered. That's why whenever we ask for people to fast, we get fought with such huge resistance. You mean i got to give up my television for a week or two? You mean i got to give up my Starbucks? You mean i got to... Quiet out there today. Oh, yes, we lift ourselves up in the church too. We don't want to admit it, but we got a problem. We got a self problem. Wow. You could hear a pin drop out there. I'm just going to tell it like it is. Is that all right? I'm talking about Jesus' gravity. You see, the problem is people are not drawn to a church where self is lifted up. People are not drawn to a ministry that self is lifted up. People are not drawn to people that are self-pleasing, self-centered, and self-righteous. People are drawn to people who have Jesus' gravity. You see, Our society teaches us that we should promote ourselves, but this is contrary to the Word of God because he said, don't lift yourself up, lift me up. Lay yourself down and lift, oh, come on, somebody. He said, lay yourself down and lift me up. But pastor, I've done a lot of great things. Shouldn't I get some credit? No, lay it down. The things that I have gained, all my accomplishments, the apostle said, I count them all but loss. Amen. They're nothing. They're they're, they're nothing but a pile of rubbish in comparison to what Jesus, amen, is and what Jesus can do in somebody's life. And the Bible talks about very specifically as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. Now, this is such a neat analogy, in my opinion, because I'm not going to. I'm not going to get on a lot of the Old Testament today. Some of you are like, oh, pastor, I know what you're trying to say with that. If we start speaking against a man of God, fiery serpents are going to come and, and they're going to bite us. They're going to attack us. That, okay, you got the point. That's, that's what the Old Testament was talking about. It was talking about rebellion to authority and speaking against God and his leadership. You're right. You're right. You got it but that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on how that analogy plays into the New Testament. People were putting themselves and their needs and their feelings above God and above God's leadership. God did not tolerate that for very long, and He never does. I will say it again, He never does. The people began to die because of the poisonous snakes that were biting them. And can I tell you that we always find ourselves infested with sin and infested with pride when we put anything above God in our lives. When we allow anything to come above God in our lives and in our priorities, we will find ourselves, amen, bitten by the bug of sin, bitten by the bug of pride. And, And those snakes are venomous and they will kill us. The Bible tells us pride cometh before a fall. The Bible tells us that sin's payment is destruction. And I will tell you that pride and sin go hand in hand, and one masks the other. But can you uh, hear the voice of God today as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness? Moses did just as God commanded him. He lifted up a brass serpent on a pole for the people to look up at when they were bitten and, and when, they, when the people were bitten and they were uh, infected with this poison and this venom, they could then look up because something had been lifted up. They could look up in the middle of their misery, in the middle of their pain, in the middle of their despair, in, their, in the middle of their, their, their infestation of this poison and this venom. They could look up because something had been lifted up. This was just a means by which God showed them mercy. He, he the Bible says, He will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Yes, there was sin in the camp. Yes, there was a problem, but God said, I've got a solution to the problem, Israel. If you'll just look up to what's been lifted up, if you'll just look up, you see, this was just a means by which God could show his mercy, even when we don't deserve it, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we hadn't earned it. If we will turn back to him, if we will look up to him, if we will begin to lift him up, can I tell you, he will help us. Us out of our dilemma too. He will help us out of our sickness too. He will strengthen us out of our sin too. He said, if I be lifted up, you know, that condition, that, that, that is a conditional statement. Think about it. If everybody say, if, if, See, we we, we say that we do, but if we don't truly lift him up, he won't draw all men to him. He can't, because we are not lifting him up. Many say that this only meant when Jesus was crucified on Calvary's cross, and it does, because that was the beginning. But when Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and rose again, the Bible tells us he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. The poison that was supposed to kill us, sin was no longer given the same power and had the same effect. Because the analogy is, you're bitten, you have sin, you have poison in your life if you will just look up. If you will just look up, now some people say, oh, I don't know about that. The only way that we have remission of sins is through the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. Aren't you glad that we have a way to escape lust, sin, and death? Come on, that brings about certain death, but we can escape death through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible tells us that Jesus draws people. Amen. How does Jesus draw people? Well, first he must be lifted up, but Jesus draws people by circumstances in their lives. Let's look back for just a moment at, at Numbers 21, 4 through 9. I'm not going to go into all of it, but the Israelites had sinned. They had, they had uh, sinned against God. They had repented then, and then they had asked that the servants be removed from among them. Did they not? Pray to God. Moses, please pray. Get these serpents removed. Moses, we messed up. Get the snakes out of here, please. But God didn't. God, I'm having a real problem with this. Would you please take it away from me? No. God, I'm struggling with this. Can you just take it out of my life? No. Huh? Instead, What God did was He gave Moses a way for them to be saved from the snakes. Lift up the bronze serpent on a pole, and if they look, they will live. Oh, help me. Help me, Jesus. Bronze was used to represent judgment. The the serpent is a symbol of sin. Therefore, by them looking up at a bronze serpent, judgment is, of sin, this is what it was. They were acknowledging their sin. Stay with me. Bronze represented judgment. Serpent represented sin. They looked up. They had to acknowledge, I sinned. Can I tell you I think God is so crafty that only the people who were complaining were the ones that were bit? I... I Maybe maybe I'm taking a little too much creative liberty there, but, but think about it. They had to admit we sinned. Now, they either admitted we sinned as a person or they were admitting we sinned as a people. But either way, when they looked up at the serpent, they weren't looking down. They weren't looking at anybody else. They were looking up. They were looking up, acknowledging I sinned, or we sinned. The only catch was if they would look at the bronze serpent, if they would repent, if they would acknowledge their sin and turn from their sin, then they would be delivered. we got to lift up the exalted one. Jesus said, if I be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Moses, why did you do it? Moses, why did you lift up the serpent? Because you told me to lift it up because if I lifted it up, they could look and be saved. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why did Jesus have to be lifted up? Because there, is, there are sin-bitten people, amen, full in this earth. They are spread across this continent and across the globe. And he said, if I be lifted up. I will draw all men unto me. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. John 14 and 15. Jesus was very plain. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we talked about that the other night. That means if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it what? It seeth him. The world won't look up. The world won't acknowledge. Come on, somebody. That, that, that person that you've been talking to, you've got to keep faith. You've got to keep preaching to him. you got to keep reaching for him because all they've got to do is look up. All they've got to do is acknowledge their sin. The Bible said the world can't receive it because it seeth him. Now, they won't look up. They won't acknowledge their sin, but he is available to them. The Bible says the world seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And then verse 18, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, oh, come on somebody, ye shall live also. We're not looking up to a crucifix that's got a dead Jesus on it. We're looking up to a cross that's empty today because he didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the tomb. He didn't stay in the ground. But he said, if I be lifted up. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You know Jesus doesn't stay on the cross. Jesus is in your life. Jesus is in your heart. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Did you know what? He didn't, he, did, he left the world uh, during the ascension, but he didn't leave, leave. On the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They heard a sound from heaven and the comforter has come. They they they, 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 saw, they saw incredible things all throughout the New Testament. Why? Because the Comforter had come, Jesus. Amen. The one who had done the miracles when he was on the earth was now doing miracles and mighty works through them. Why? Because he said, I would not leave you comfortless. I will come to you as long as I am in the world. I am the light of the world. And he said this too, and ye shall receive power to be witnesses. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you're going to receive power. Do Dynamite. You're going to receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You know what he was saying? He said, you're going to be a witness to me in your city. You're going to be a witness to me in your state. You're going to be a witness to me all across the world. I'm going to help you locally, nationally, and globally. You're going to make a difference. You are going to have that power. If I be lifted up, he said, I'm going to give you the power to be a witness. I'm going to give you the power to change your world. And so uh, some uh, little old fishermen disciples, some little old tax collector disciples, some little old physician disciples walked around healing people, seeing uh, demons cast out, seeing people raised from the dead. And they turned their world upside down because they were convinced that they would receive the power that he had promised them. And they received it on that day of Pentecost. And every time they came together, they prayed for the grace of God. They prayed for the the favor of God he said I'm not going to take the sin out of the world but I'm going to put my light in the world I'm going to lift come on somebody I'm going to put Jesus Christ the apostle said it like this I only want to know one thing among you I want to know Jesus Christ and him crucified come on let I, let everything else go by the wayside let the Let the word of God be true, and every man a liar, lift Jesus up. There's power that comes when you lift Jesus up. There's power that comes when you exalt Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus' gravity. The world doesn't have an answer for it. They have never seen anything like it. The the artist in the the, the music industry tries to imitate Pentecostal and apostolic worship because they can't get a handle on how to do it just right. They wonder why they can dance the same way, but they don't have the same pool. They wonder why they can shout and, and say all the words just right and even sing some of the songs with a little better tune and pitch. And they wonder why the crowds are not moved the same way. Can I tell you the reason why? that Bill Clinton had Mickey Mangan sing at his inauguration is because you've got to have the Holy Ghost power on the inside when you sing the song. Barbara Streisand tried to sing We Are Standing on Holy Ground but she didn't know nothing about holy ground so she couldn't sing it. Mickey Mangan can sing We Are Standing on Holy Ground and crowds of people just weeping and crying. Why? Jesus' gravity. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 32 This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. And this is what he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye crucified, whom ye said it not, who the world disregarded, who everybody tried to cast off as just a good prophet, just a good teacher, just a good man. God hath made that same Jesus both Lord and Christ. He is exalted in the heavens. When we exalt him on the earth, something happens called Jesus gravity. You see, worship is more than uh, just something that you do at church. Worship is how we lift Jesus up every day of our life. Worship is more than just something we do for thirty minutes in a pre-preaching session on Sunday. We lift Jesus up with our words. We lift Jesus up with our actions. We lift Jesus up with our attitude. We lift Jesus up with our reactions. We lift Jesus. Up with our up with our affections, we lift Jesus up with our recreation, we lift Jesus up with everything in our lives because everything could be an avenue to worship Him, everything could be an avenue to lift Jesus up. Hallelujah. Since everything in our lives should lift Him up. Many people will make their way to church in order to find a deeper relationship with God because of what they see in you outside the church. The Bible says in Him, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Why are some churches dead? Because they're outside of Him. That's why they can't move. That's why they don't have no being. Sorry for the improper English. Sister Geta, forgive me. But what happens when people get to church? What happens? We've invited them. We gave them the card. They came. And everybody at church looks tired. Looks worn out. Looks like they haven't eaten in three days. Nobody's supportive of what's being said. Nobody's getting behind what's being sung. Thank God that's not the case today. Most people are just content to go through a Sunday routine. When they come to church, they want to see a ceremony. They they, want to see just, you know, everything fit and in place and in order and don't stay on this part of the service too long, move on to the next part. I'm getting bored. I'll stick my hands in my pockets and look around. When true seekers, people that want a relationship with God, when they come to a church and see a ceremony, most of them get disgusted and they leave feeling empty. There was no Jesus gravity in the service. There was no pull. There was, there was nothing. There's something powerful that just happens when someone comes into a Pentecostal service for the first time, when they feel the drawing and they feel that Jesus' gravity in the service. <laughs> oh, I know it doesn't make any sense. I know it doesn't make any sense, but, but, but it's something that you can just feel. I can't put words to it. I can't explain it. I can't tell you exactly how it happens. All I know is when we lift Jesus up, Jesus' gravity comes into play. When people will step outside of their comfort zone and they'll lay aside pride and they begin to lift him up, they start caring less about themselves and it begins to be all about lifting up Jesus. That's, That's what creates Jesus' gravity. He said, it's real simple, if I be lifted up. It's an if. If I be lifted up. When we truly lift up Jesus, no human in the building will be able to resist the presence and the power of God in the service. Can I tell you, as we lift him up, there is something powerful that takes hold. Every cold heart starts to get warmed up. Come on, somebody. It's kind of like, like a big pot of water that you might put on for some noodles or something. I don't want to talk about food because I'll make you all hungry, but like a big pot of water, and you start, somebody starts praising God. Somebody starts really lifting Him up, and water gets a little bit warmer. And then somebody else on the other side gets out and starts dancing in the aisle. Somebody on the other side takes off running. That temperature starts raising up. People start shouting out, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. God, you're good. And guess what? That water starts to boil. It starts to get hot, and that cold heart begins to turn back to God. Can I tell you that if we'll truly lift Him up, that God will draw all men to him that's why this pastor won't settle for dead services that's why we can't settle for a dry dead church we've got to push our lazy bodies to give God some praise because when we give God the praise when we truly lift him up we find rest we find strength we find help we find healing we find hope I wish somebody believed what this preacher was preaching to you today. The Bible said we can find the rest wherewith he causes the weary to rest. But, Pastor, I'm tired. I know. Push on. Push on because when you leave this building, you'll feel better than you did when you came. Oh, Pastor, I I don't know if my body can do it. Why don't you try just a little bit? Why don't you? I think your body can handle just a little bit more. I think, come on, somebody, I think your body could handle just a little bit more praising. If you lift him up, I wonder if somebody in this house said, I'm going to lay myself down and I'm going to lift him up. I wonder how many situations he'd turn around before we left this building today. I wonder if you lifted him up, if that person that you've been praying for for years wouldn't come to him. I wonder if you started lifting him up, if that healing wouldn't take place in your body right now. If you lifted him up above your infirmity. I wonder if somebody would just get out of themselves and say, I'm laying it down today and I'm lifting him up. What would happen in your circumstance? And watch God change somebody's life. I don't know about you, but that's all I do this for. I like seeing lives changed. I like seeing hearts changed and turn back to God. You say, well, Pastor, what what is this all about? It's all about Jesus. It's all about lifting Him up. Did you see in the video where, where the, the person... They, they left God and they walked away from God. They tried everything else that the world had to offer. Can I tell you, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief wants to keep you looking down. The thief wants to keep you looking at yourself and what do I need and what do I have and why don't I have this and why don't I have that. And Jesus said, look up. Look up. Don't look down. Don't look inward. Don't look at yourself. But you look up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I am convinced that 99% of our problems would be solved if we would get our eyes off of ourselves. I I would go even further than to say if we would just put Jesus back in His proper place in our life, 100% of everything that's wrong in our life could be turned around. There are those of you that you need a healing in your body today. I want you to lift Jesus up. I don't want you to come to pastor and pastor, would you pray for me? Would you lay hands? I will do that. I don't have a problem with that. I believe in laying hands on the sick that they shall recover. That's what the Bible says in James. I'm, I'm good with that. But you know what? I believe that as the, the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, some of us have been bitten by sicknesses. We've been bitten by circumstances. We've been bitten by things that have gone on for far too long, whether they were because we did them or because we just been in a sinful society. We've been plagued by the world for too long. We've, we've, hung out with carnal people. We've hung out with people that were self-promoting or even devil-promoting, and they've done things that were displeasing to God. And instead of disdaining that, instead of walking away from that, we've laughed at it. We've giggled at it. We thought it was funny and cute, and God sent the serpents among us so that we would turn back to Him. You say, oh, well, God's not mean like that. He's he's not going to... Yes, He will judge His people. Yes, He will judge this earth. Don't make any mistake about it. God is serious about you. turning to Him. God wants you to look to Him and not to yourself. The Bible tells us that Jesus draws all people. There's not one person in this building today that He is not drawing. There's not one person here today that He does not want to save. The problem is many of us refuse to look. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, and if you notice the terminology that he used with Moses, if they look upon the serpent, if. See, what happens at the close of the service, in this area right here, it's a big if. If you could see just a big if, that's what it is. I don't know if I'm going to go up there today. Well, if, I think I maybe, maybe I'll, just, I'll just do this from my seat. I'm really uncomfortable around people and going, if I be lifted up, if they will look upon the serpent, if, it's conditional, what does, what does that do? That acknowledges that we don't have it all together. Acknowledges we don't have the answer. But we know the answer. Why don't we look to Him? We frustrate ourselves. We beat our heads into the wall trying to fix stuff, trying to do stuff. And He's, he's waiting. He wants to take care of it for us. We, we have the, the physician in the house that made our bodies. And He knows what's going on. We have the physician in the house that, that knows whether it's a headache or it's a tumor. We, we have a, a physician that knows. You don't have to go get $5,000 worth of advice. He knows. We have the God of all the universe who said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. He's here. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That, does, that, that means if you're red, yellow, black, or white, He's ready. He wants to pour out his spirit and you're like, "Well, pastor, some people don't believe in that. Some people don't and some people don't look to Jesus." And some people like Joel Olstein, say that if, if there's many paths and there's many ways, but there's just all one it's just all one big God and uh, some people call him Allah and some people call him no, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. The God that I serve doesn't go by the name Allah. He doesn't we don't call him Buddha. We just don't. We don't call him Zeus or anything else. We know who we serve. We know who it is. Because the angel showed up and told Mary, you shall call his name Jesus because he's the one that's going to save his people from their sins. Can you imagine Just for a moment, just step back with me in time. What would it have been like? You and your friend both got bitten by a poisonous snake. Your friend looks at the bronze serpent on a pole, and they're healed. But you say, I don't believe that bronze serpent on a pole will heal me. And you continue to die. Your friend pleads with you. I'm truly healed. Look, it didn't mean a whole I just, all I had to do was look up at the serpent. You don't need to understand this. Just look up. You don't have to have it all figured out. All you have to do is have the faith and look up. Somebody here today might be saying, I don't know know I if I believe in all that. I want to challenge you today from somebody who's been healed, from somebody who's been delivered, look up. Look up. You, you say, but, but, but that would mean that I've sinned. Yes, we all have sinned. We all, there's none perfect in here. There's none righteous. There's not one of us in here that can say, hey, we deserve this. We got here by our own merits. No, we all have to look up. Somebody here today simply needs to look at Jesus. Quit looking at your problem. Quit looking at the circumstance. Quit looking at what the doctor said or what the lawyer said. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Acknowledge your sin. Acknowledge that He died for your sins. And then you've got to receive Him into your life. He wants to come in. And when He comes in, it's going to be more than just receiving a pledge card to a church. Some people say, Well, I said the sinner's prayer. I repeated what they told me to say, so don't I have Jesus? No. You'll know when you have Jesus, because something's going to change. Something's going to be different. The Bible tells us that when they received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Can I tell you, when you receive the gift of God into your life, after you have repented and acknowledged your sin, the Bible said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, I'm sorry, I, don't, I really don't want to be rude here, but some people say, well, Pastor, I, I don't believe that it takes all that i don't believe that you need all that and you can continue to walk around in this sin infested world you can continue to walk around without power to walk around without healing because without jesus there's none of that amen you don't have any of that except in jesus so i don't mean to be rude but sorry joel olstein there's only one way repent be baptized in the name of jesus christ and receive the gift of the holy ghost There's no other way. There's no other foundation that we can lay than that has already been laid. There's one Jesus. Amen. There's not. There's not three that we worship. There's not four that we worship. We don't serve multiple gods. We serve the one true and living God. He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose on the third day. Amen. Taking with him the keys of death, hell and the grace. Somebody needs to simply look at the risen Savior. Realize that he died for your sins and ask him to forgive you for those sins. Oh, but pastor, Woo, I'm swimming today. This is so much to take in. I don't know if I can do all this. I, this repentance and being baptized in Jesus' name and all. I, you know, I, can, I think the repentance I can handle, but really do I have to be baptized again in the name of Jesus Christ? Because Acts four twelve says neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the only name we can be saved by. We must be baptized in the name of Jesus. Read Acts chapter nineteen. Find out that the uh, that John's disciples were rebaptized in the name of Jesus. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus today is your opportunity. Today is your day. Look up, repent of your sins, turn to Jesus, not to not to somebody else that you know. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and maybe sprinkled you or poured water on you. I, I'm not trying to be rude, but Jesus is the one who died on Calvary. Paul said, was I crucified for you? Did Peter die for you? No, but Jesus is the one who gave his life on Calvary. So it's by his death and it's by his name that you have remission of your sins. It wasn't Peter's blood that saved you. It was Jesus' blood that saves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us that even if even if you, you may not understand it, all you have to do is look. But but I don't get it. I I, I don't think I know. I'm not sure, Pastor, if, if there's something that I need to do, there is. Well, I gotta get I gotta get everything right in my life first before I know. No, that person that had been bitten by a venomous snake, they didn't have time to get it all together. They didn't have time to get it right. They had to just look up. I don't know if it was seconds or minutes or hours that they had once they had been bitten. But I do know this, once they had been bitten, death was certain unless they looked up. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It also tells us in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. But that the gift of God, what is the gift of God? Jesus Christ on the cross. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. If we will just look to him. I want to close with this. As I said, I don't know how much time they had once they had been bitten, but all of us have been bitten. There lies in each and every one of us a carnal nature, a fleshly nature. Some people say, man, I don't, I don't what are you saying? That nature that wants the things of the world, wants the things that are pleasing to the eye, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life all the things that are in the world. Our flesh wants those things. That's natural. And like Jay-Z says, do what thou will. How could anything that I want so much be bad for me? Very simple. Jesus came to give you freedom from that sin. He came to give you freedom from the things that would keep you in bondage to sin many people when they get into drugs it feels great at first but after a short period of time the high no longer does what it used to do now I gotta try something else I gotta do a little bit more and after that, that level gets comfortable, that high no longer sustains and fills that void, now I've got to move on to something a little harder, something a little bit more dangerous. And every level, the high wears off, the buzz gets killed. Because there is a principle That you cannot escape. Yes, it might feel good. Yes, it may seem right to us. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the way, the end thereof is death. Here's the principle. The pleasures of sin. There are pleasures of sin. It feels good. The pleasures of sin last but for a season. And when that season is over, however long or short it is, then we have to get into deeper In order to get that feeling again. And I have seen people, successful people that have taken their lives into utter obscurity because they had to go deeper and deeper and deeper. But Pastor, I'm not like that. I just smoke a little weed every once in a while. I just drink a little bit. Pastor, you don't you don't understand. I I I'm not doing real bad stuff. I'm a pretty good person. I come to church and I, I, I you know, I, I treat everybody right. I don't cuss too often. The pleasures of sin only last for a season. There's somebody here today that feels that Jesus gravity. I don't know how much time you have. I don't know how much time we have, but I can tell you this. As long as we live in sin... Death and eternal uh, uh, depravity from God is certain. But if we will turn to Him, if we will look to Him, victory, deliverance, and healing is certain. Because on His back, He took stripes for our healing. When He came out of the grave, death couldn't hold Him. And the Bible says, if that same Spirit dwells in you, it's going to quicken your mortal body. You will live and be immortal like Jesus. You will. That's what the Bible says. And you can have victory over every circumstance. Jesus did not die on Calvary for you to live a defeated life. He wants you to live victoriously. And that's possible because of Jesus' gravity. Would you stand with me today? All you need, a little bit of faith. The Bible says to every man it is given a measure of faith. But I I don't come to church very often, but you have a little bit of faith. But I I was hurt in a church before. You still have a little bit of faith. But I've suffered some real serious things. You have a little bit of faith. You felt something pulling you. You felt something calling you today. I know the famous preachers and the televangelists want to tell you all you have to do is just surrender to Jesus and say this and just accept that. And I've got a lot of friends and I I love them to death and they call themselves Christians, but there's no power to change, there's no power to be different. They're lacking the Spirit of God in their life because all they did was make a confession. They never went all the way to completion. Pastor, I want that power that you're talking about. It starts with Jesus' gravity. As He's pulling you today, would you look up to Him? If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, some of you here today, you've looked to Him, He's delivered you, and you know what? Now it's our job to lift Jesus up. See, the world's gravity says... If something is lifted up, it's, it's going to crash down hard. It will, if you lift something up and you drop it or you let it go, it's going to crash to the ground because gravity is pulling it down, right? But Jesus said, watch this, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. I don't know if you remember this about your science paces or your science workbooks, or your science classes. But there's a law about when an immovable object meets an irresistible force. <laughs> only one can come out the winner, <laughs> right? There's, there's only one power that is bigger than the earth, that is bigger than the universe, that is bigger than everybody in the world put together And that's why whenever we lift him up, you see, everything just kind of goes to him. Instead of falling back down, instead of falling into the depths of despair and and hopelessness, he said, if you'll just lift me up, I'm going to draw people. He's 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 a Jesus magnet. He just lifts us up. As we lift him up, as we lay ourselves down, this fast, we're almost done. Some of you are, you said, Pastor, I'm so hungry. I'm with you. I'm hungry too. If you don't know what we've been doing, we've been fasting this whole month, a gradual fast. The last four or five days are the worst. But it's all worth it because we're laying ourselves down and we're lifting Jesus up. We're getting our minds focused on him. And as we do, he's drawing all men to him. Pastor, I, I want to win a soul. You know what's not going to come because you teach an awesome Bible study? You know it's, how it's going to happen? It's going to happen because you laid yourself down and you lifted him up. But Pastor, I, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I'd like to keep my cool lifestyle that I have and, and be able to do all the things that I want to do and, and kind of bring somebody along. No. That's not true Christianity. True Christianity is taking up your cross. That's why more people are one through seeing you suffer and seeing you go through things and come out on the other side than they are seeing you just live the good life all the time. God, why are you testing me? Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. I didn't take the sin out. I gave you grace to make it through. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we thank you for your gravity. We thank you for the pull that you have on the hearts and lives of those that are in this building today. And God, I know there is a desire, there is a hunger in somebody's heart, in somebody's life today to turn to you and to look to you. God, I can feel you pulling them through my words and through my spirit right now. And God, I pray that they would have the courage to look to you. Not to refuse because, not to, not to look around and, and, and try to find a solution elsewhere, but just to look to you and laying themselves down and taking up their cross and allowing you to do what you want to do in their life. As this altar is open, I challenge you. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't hope somebody else will lift Jesus up. Don't hope somebody else will lay themselves down. Why don't you be one of the first ones to step out and say, I want to lift Jesus up. If you need to look to Jesus, look to Jesus today. If you're in the depths of despair and hopelessness and sin is abounding in your life, look to Jesus today. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. But I I can't, I've got all these things. I've got all these weights, everything that's holding me down. If you'll just look up. He'll draw you to Him. If you'll cast your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Come on, you want to feel a huge weight lifted off of you today? Look to Jesus